1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's look at the Word of God together. If I could get a little more light up here, it'd help me see uh, my, my lighting guy. 1 Corinthians 13, <clears throat> verse 7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I want to look at the first and the last of those four phrases next week, the two in the middle. This week, love bears all things, love endures all things. Have you heard the notion that it, you know it's true love? You know you've got true love and you're in love when it's just easy. That's a ridiculous notion. I don't know who came up with that, but so many people say it. Again, look through 1 Corinthians 13 with me. Where do you see easy? Love is patient. Patience is not easy. Love is kind. Kind is not easy. Love is not jealous. That's not easy. Love doesn't brag. We want to talk about ourselves. That's not easy. You go through the list and you say, easy is not in the passage. And certainly when you come to love bears all things. Love endures all things. There's nothing easy about that. Just think about loving your own children. That's something you want to do. You know, from the day they're born, even before they're born, you can't wait to love them. But is that easy? I mean, when you're changing diapers, when they start making noises and ruining your peace and quiet, when they start eating your food, when they start driving your car, when they start messing up all of your laundry, I mean, what's easy about this? There's nothing easy. But you love, you bear with it. You endure with it. I want us to think about that. Love bears all things endures all things. It's not easy. We need help with that. Um, first, let's just look through the principle of bearing and enduring. If we had two translations here, I'm going to give them to you, you start seeing kind of what's going on. The, if you have the New International Version of the Bible, it says love is always protecting you have a New American Standard version of the Bible. It says love bears all things. You say, wait a minute. That doesn't even sound close. Love bears all things, New American Standard. Love is always protecting. At first, it seems un unsimilar. Obviously, we have a Greek word that can be translated several ways. It can mean more than one thing. But as you compare the verses in Scripture, this, the word bear here is only found four times in the New Testament. As you, as you look at the references, as you start thinking about why translators chose the words they did for the Greek that's there, it begins to make sense. When you think the word can mean protect in the sense that bears the blow, takes the pain. And then you say, oh, that's a... One of the ways of protecting me always is taking some of my pain, um, taking the blows, the persecution that others are sending towards me. So you see why the always protecting goes with bears all things. Think of a shield. You may have seen shields recently as the Antifa truck goes to another city and they start dropping off their protest supplies. 
Well, one of those protest supplies that everybody seems to want in these days is a shield. It's supposed to be a peaceful protest, but somebody is needing a shield. You put your arm through, and it's a full kind of body shield. Well, there you're protecting yourself. And you're, you have that shield to protect always yourself, to bear the burden, to bear whatever is coming against you. That's how God's using the word love. Love bears pain, persecution, blows. In, in the way that love bears what others need, you're protecting them. You're sustaining them. You're providing for them. So that takes endurance. It has to, that's that always kind of notion. Always doing this. Bearing, protecting, watching over others. Uh, you, you've heard the old adage, when the, the uh, going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, there's, there's a sense of that for the Christian, for the godly man and woman, that it's, it's getting tough, persecution's coming, this is not easy. The Christian said, well, I didn't sign up for easy. I signed up to bear burdens, to take the tough stuff. So there's a sense in which Christians keep going. They are enduring always. Doesn't matter how tough it gets. That's the kind of lover you want. A lover who is there for you when the going gets tough. When the going gets tough, they keep loving. They're still all in. That's the notion here. Uh, godly people persevere. They hang in there with God's love. Um, you know, uh, during, this, during this COVID pandemic, a lot of churches are waning. They are struggling. A lot of churches have not opened. They've been closed since March. March, April, May, June, July, August. September. I mean, we're talking seven months. Church closure. And so the surveys are that one in five will never reopen. That's, that's extremely sad. They are not enduring. They are not continuing to go on. They say it's not something we can risk or... It's worth it. We don't know what we're going to do, but we're not going to do what we were doing. Twenty um, percent of the church staying closed. I, I just have a hard time with that, and I've been praying about it. I've been praying for our brothers and sisters in other churches, and I've been praying for pastors in other churches, and I'm greatly burdened by by the communication of of all of this because. To, what are we saying to God? God, the going gets tough and we're not going to meet and praise you now? Worship is our love language. It's, it's our loving God back. It's giving to God His tithes and offerings, His praise, the gifts. I love that first song Jonathan chose that all that God blesses us with, we give back in praise. And it's this corporate experience of saying, God, we're here for you no matter how tough it gets. 
No matter the pain, no matter the sickness, no matter the persecution, no matter the affliction, we will love you according to your commands, according to your design. That's what we want to do. And a lot of churches are really struggling. We need to, to pray, be in prayer for them. I think of Luke 9.23. Uh, you can turn there and, and get that verse in your memory if you don't have it. But Luke 9.23, Jesus says to them who are following him, he says, you want to follow me? He says, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross daily to follow me. Let me look at it with you. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Great picture of a believer. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. It's not about us. When people say, oh, David, it's kind of selfish that you're, you're doing church. I said, it's not about me. It's not about self at all. It's about God. Deny self and take up his cross daily, not once in a while. It's, this is always bearing, enduring the pain. What's your cross? What are you bearing for Christ? What are you bearing for the advancement of his church? And I loved uh, Jonathan's prayer here just a minute ago, praying for the advancement of the gospel as he was praying for that. It just, God reminded me, David, you know what it takes for people to share their faith, don't you? You know what it takes? It takes a passionate love for God. Why? Because you commend what you cherish. You'll share what you love. And the reason a lot of people don't share Jesus is you have to admit you don't really love Jesus enough to share him. He's not that special to you. You'll just quit giving him praise. You'll go weeks, months without any acknowledgement. He's your Lord, sovereign, redeemer, when you really love Him, then you bear the tough things. You endure the tough things. If, it takes, if it's tough to share your faith, you do it because you love Him so. You deny yourself. You take up your cross. And you follow. That's, that's what it's about. That's what it takes. Now look at another passage. Uh, look at um, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10. Here's the Apostle Paul talking about his thorn in the flesh. You know that story. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10. He says, Therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses. Supply COVID-19 sicknesses. Would you be well content? I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Lots of brothers and sisters in Christ, lots of pastors have caught COVID-19. It's a real virus. Could they pray this when they caught it and say, you know, if God is the one who's afflicted me, I'm well content. Because love doesn't stop when I'm sick, when I'm weak. When I'm persecuted, I still love my God. I bear with this. I endure this for the sake of Christ. 
That was Paul's answer to an affliction that he received that would not go away. He was well content. Um, look at Christ's example. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. And you see this word again about endurance. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let's run with endurance the race that's set before us. Run with endurance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's an endurance factor. God says, lay aside whatever's keeping you from that and endure. And keep your eyes on Jesus because he endured for you. I mean, it's not a guilt trip. It's, it's just an example of encouragement. Look at the nails in his hand. Look at the sword in his side. The thorns on his brow. The wrath of God upon his soul. Look at what he was enduring. And you realize you can take these things too. You can stand up and keep loving. You can keep being faithful even when you're sick, even when you're weak, even when you're being persecuted, even when your blood is being spilt. That's the kind of faithful love God gives to us, a love like Christ. We don't come and gather for worship to defy government authorities. We don't come because we don't think the virus is real. Uh, we don't come because we're crazy. We don't come because we're just stupid. We come because we love God. And we love His church. And we can't stay away from God month after month after month in a corporate expression of praise. We can't just remove ourselves and say, we still love him. There's a sense in which, you know, it just doesn't fly. I mean, if my wife or, or I, either one in our marriage said, you know, we said we were going to love each other, but I just don't want to see you for about seven months. Like, I'm going to have a hard time believing she loves me. I mean, at what point do we say enough's enough? I, I, I can't stay away. I have to bear the burden. I have to get sick if I have to get sick. But I have to love my God. Love bears all things. Love endures all things. You say, but you're not loving others. Yes, I, I'm loving others too. We love the church. Yes, it may make us sick. We're not denying that. But we endure that cross we bear that pain and affliction that's what love does we endure well let's apply this in three areas I put down your calling let's think about calling covering and caregiving or caretaking first of all let's think about calling for a minute what are we called to do in Christ um, what, what kind of life are we called to and I just want to think again through that comparison that 
Many times in America, we've grown up in this prosperous nation under a prosperity gospel kind of mindset. And we think that if we're really faithful, godly Christians, then we shouldn't have any physical problems. God heals us of everything, and life is a beach. And we're sitting on that beach, worry-free, with a cool drink in our hands. That's the Christian life, right? I mean, that's what we sometimes think. that We say, now I know the will of God because this happened, and now it's easy. We judge the will of God because of easy. We judge what we're going to do because of easy. And God says, no, 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 no. You were called to bear. Love bears all things. And love endures all things. That's not easy. So again, think about really what we are called to do as believers. And let me give you a few verses. Look at Philippians 1, verse 29. Philippians 1, 29. And this section of scripture, the title of the paragraph in my Bible is To Live is Christ. A great passage on lifestyle of living for Christ. Let me just give you one, one verse out of that. Um, verse 29, Philippians 1. For to you it has been granted. This is a gift. This is it's granted to you by God. To you it's been granted for Christ's sake. Not only to believe in Him, so you've been given faith in Christ, great. You've not only been given faith in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. To suffer. One of the first times I saw that, the Apostle Paul, when he was saved in Acts 9, talks about Ananias did not want to go see him because he was a great persecutor of the church. And God says, don't worry about Paul. I got him. He's mine. He says, let me show you how much he will suffer for Christ's sake. Does that not wake us up a little bit? We were called to suffer for Christ's sake. And yet so many times we want to repel the suffering. I don't want this, God. I don't want this. Take this from me. And God says, no, you were called for this purpose. To suffer for my sake. That the cause of Christ is going to go places and do things because of suffering, not just easy life. Look over at 2 Timothy 3.12. Quick reminder of the principle there. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. Indeed, like Duh. Everybody knows this. Indeed, all who desire to live godly. You can put in love with God and His church. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You are called to suffer. This is not, maybe it will, maybe it won't. This is... Uh, Part of our calling in Christ. Look at one other passage. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5. Here's a great balance. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance. Don't miss the word abundance. Suffering. Not just a little bit. 
Not just one major ordeal in your lifetime, but the sufferings of Christ are ours in an abundant manner. But here's the balance to that. Um, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. Wow, what a touching, tender, loving expression. God says, I don't stop loving you when you're suffering. No matter how abundant you're suffering, I'm going to match that with abundant love, abundant compassion, abundant tenderness. So that you will always have what you need to keep enduring and keep bearing. You'll stand up under the pain and the persecution that comes your way. Um, so when you are trying to flee hardship, let me ask you. Are you keeping your calling or abandoning your calling? It's, it's a good question. It's, it's not a something you can readily say. There's certainly pain and hardship you ought to try to, to flee. So you've got to ask yourself, when, since it's not just a blanket statement, it requires evaluation. When you are running from pain, when you are running away from suffering, are you abandoning your calling in Christ? Because you're called to suffer. It's not indiscriminate suffering, obviously. So you need to stop and discern. Just because the world tells me if I, if I do this, I will suffer, doesn't mean I say, oh, okay, well, I won't do that. The world may tell you, if you do this, you will suffer, you'll get sick, you'll die. And sometimes we say, I signed up for that, it's okay. And we go forward into pain, into battle, into persecution, into suffering. Because that's part of our calling. We know that in our marriages. We know that in raising kids. We know that in our relationships. There's times those relationships are painful. But you're called to keep on enduring, bearing with those afflictions. You don't say, well, I got to get out because it's just an argument all the time. And it's, it's just painful. That's not a reason for getting out. When we're called to suffer, when we're called to hardship, 25% of the people that are being surveyed that are staying home say they don't know when they'll ever come back to church. And so the, um, the articles I read on church manage, management and church leadership is how to continue to take care of your church when 25% never show back up. How do we continue to go forward as a church? Because you ask that 25%, and so when are you coming back? I don't know. I just don't have a good answer. So you're saying that maybe you won't come back? Maybe. I don't know. That's how people are answering these surveys. And it's not just church members. It's pastors. One out of five pastors right now is thinking about quitting. Pastors are saying, I can't take this anymore. This is tough. I can't, I can't do church like this. It's too much uncertainty. It's too much pain. There's too much lack of vision. Too much lack of clarity. No one seems to know for sure where we're going. And I can't take that. And one person wants this and one person wants that. And pastors 
are suffering. Pray for those men because it's affecting the kingdom of God. Well, I want you to know, as far as my life is concerned, I've evaluated this thoroughly, and I am convinced that I have been called to suffer the afflictions that come with loving God and loving His church. When God got a hold of me, I did not sign up for a love that is here today and gone tomorrow. I signed up for a love in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health. I don't plan to quit. I don't plan to stop. Our love for each other and for our God must bear with and endure the sicknesses, the pains, and the afflictions that come our way. That's godly love. That's all it is. It's not this selfish pleasure that many people have in the church. That's part of our calling. Second, I want you to think about just covering. Look at 1 Peter 4.8. Through this in, because it's, it's, an, it's a statement of nature. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says, oh, that's not what I want. It's close. I know. Let's see. 1 Peter, oh, maybe I'm in 2 Peter. That's my problem. Yes. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers, there it is. Love covers, catch this covering. Love covers a multitude of sin. Now, if you're going to love one another fervently, diligently, if you're going to be doing this in a durable way, enduring, bearing with one another, loving people requires a lot of forgiveness. Cover Forgive one another. Love covers a multitude of sins. What I mean by nature now, God knows we are imperfect people. We are born in sin. And if we're imperfect people, we are sinners. That means we mess up a lot. That means we have a lot of imperfections. That means we have a lot of irritabilities. If you're going to love somebody with all the difficulties that involves, you're going to get irritable. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to see their sin, they're going to see your sin, and there's going to be times you just got to cover that with forgiveness. Fervently love one another by forgiving one another as Christ forgives us. You know, I, I think during this pandemic that uh, there are people that are irritated with me and frustrated with me. I get that. I sin. I don't get it right lots of times. Forgive me when I've hurt you, sinned against you. It's the same way we have to realize we're going to mess up. Let's cover one another with love. Let's bear with one another. Let's endure the sin, not just the sickness. And let's learn to continue to love one another. 
that's that covering that I'm talking about. We are called to be the best forgivers. The world is known because we bring to the table the forgiveness of Christ. Third, we need to evaluate our caregiving, our caretaking. It's just obvious in this regard that if you've caught uh, COVID-19, uh, some of our families here have caught it. Other family members don't, don't just completely stay away because you're called to give care. When your kids say, hey, I'm, I'm sick. I got all the symptoms. You, you don't just close the door and say, sorry, I can't, can't be your parent anymore. No, you, you continue to love and care. You go into the room. You don't isolate from it. You go to the sick and the hurting. And you minister to their needs. That's what God's called us to do. That's being caregivers, caretakers. Um, to pray with the sick. To minister to their afflictions. The world's idea of just let let's, let's the professionals do that. Let somebody else do that. You stay away. It's, it's not our calling to stay away. It's our calling to be with the sick and the hurting. We had a lovely couple in our church that's now uh, already transferred their church membership to the church triumphant. But when they were sitting here among us, usually first or second row, so faithful to Christ, and then they moved to NHC and were over there. And I was over there visiting one time in NHC, and uh, the man said, can you uh, help me sit up in bed? And I said, sure, I'd love to help you do that. And I reached to grab his arm. He said, wait, 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 don't do it there, do it here. And I said, okay. He says, yeah, don't squeeze. I said, don't squeeze? How, how am I going to pull you up if I don't grip somewhat tightly? Because he was bigger than me. And he said, look at my other arm. This is where somebody pulled me up. And it was just black and blue. That his condition had gotten so bad that you touch him too firmly and it would just leave bruises all over him but we watched that couple love one another they didn't ever abandon each other they were there taking care of one another over and over they endured great pain great hurt great affliction that's what lovers do you go into those sick rooms and take care of those that God has called you to. And that's how God has called us to be the church. To be lovers of God and his bride. We are his bride. Well, I want to get to some, some wonderful verses God's given us. God promises us rewards. He gives us a prize for being faithful lovers. For enduring Pain and afflictions and persecution. Let me just read some verses for you without a lot of comment. Look at Matthew 5, verse 10 through 12. Matthew 5. 10 through 12. Blessed. Don't miss the promise. Blessed. Happy will you be. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you, 
and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. In the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Don't miss that. Your reward in heaven is not going to be small. It's great. And the greatness of the reward seems to always be attached to those who are faithful when it gets hard. When there's suffering. When there's pain. When there's persecution. And you take all of that. You endure. You bear with. God says, I take notice of my faithful church in pandemics. I take notice of those who are faithful when it's hard and your reward will be great. Not a small matter at all to God. Look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 verse 21 through 23. Blessed are you who hunger now. Again, Christ's words. Blessed are you who hunger now. You shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now. You're going to laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy. Does God want you to leap in worship? There it is. Leap. For joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they, their fathers used to treat the prophets. Look at James chapter 1, verse 2. Excuse me, verse 12. James 1, verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved... He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love Him. There's a lot of debate on what what kind of crown is this, this crown of life. I don't know what it is. But if Christ came to give us life and life more abundantly here, and He's going to top that off there, whatever that abundance of life you consider here in Christ It's only going to get bigger and better. And then notice again the context. Those who love Him. How He connects love through suffering. Through persecution. Through the hard times. Those those lovers who are, are enduring, bearing kind of lovers. Look at 1 Peter 3, verse 14. 1 Peter 3. Verse 14, but even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear their intimidation and don't be troubled. Over and over you see in the scriptures one simple point. God blesses his faithful saints who love him through sickness and in health, sorrow and joy through persecution through trials through the hard times love is bearing love is enduring it's not easy this is the what i call the manward blessings 
Blessings that come from God down to us. It's man-directed. God promises to bless, take care of, to greatly reward. But now look at the blessings that go the other way. Godward blessings. I'll give you one passage. Look at 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verses 19 and 20. And notice something's emphasized twice. And the emphasis is um, grace or favor. Literally grace here. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 19 says, This finds favor. It's literally the word grace. This finds grace or favor. If for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly, what credit is there if when you sin and you're harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do it, do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, and here's that emphasis again, this finds favor with God. Do you ever do anything that's valuable to God? Do you ever do anything that really gives God anything? Here God says twice, yes you do. If you suffer righteously, if you endure the hardship, it's not because of sin, but you go through the afflictions, and through those afflictions, you keep bearing it, you keep enduring it, and you keep loving me. God says, that so pleases me. I value that. I notice that. I receive that. God is in heaven saying, yes, yes, I like that. That finds favor. That is pleasing. Love that bears all things and endures all things. So if you're running the other way and say, I can't bear, I can't endure, think again. This is an opportunity to give praise, pleasure to God. God dances over us and is excited about us when we are responding to Him with this kind of life of loving endurance and bearing. That uh, vulgar song I mentioned a few weeks ago and the vulgar person who did it uh, filed for divorce the next week. Been married three weeks. Why are you getting the divorce? I'm just tired of the arguments. Thinking, we all argue. You've got to learn how to endure. You've got to learn how to bear. Well, of course, she doesn't have the love of Christ. The world should be looking at the church and saying, y'all are unbelievable. How you walk into the fire. How you walk into the pain. How you walk into the affliction. And you stay faithful in your love for God. Loving is enduring and bearing. It's not easy. What kind of love do you want? One that's here today, gone tomorrow? Or one that's durable? I want one that's durable. If you want a lasting love, you must have a lasting redeemer. A lasting Savior. If you've not received Him, trust Him as your Lord and Savior. He gives you a love that lasts and lasts. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your Word. We need a constant reminder 
that we have not been called to easy. We all want the easy button. We all want the easy life. It's part of our sinful nature. Living without purpose. Living without cause. Father, return us to living with wholehearted love for God and man. Loving you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Loving our neighbor as ourself, regardless of the pain and afflictions that come our way. Father, we need that kind of light in the world. We need that kind of demonstration of care and kindness. We ask that you would turn us from our sins and bring us back to those loving people, that bride of Christ that so pleases you and brings you pleasure and you look so forward to being with in glory. Father, for those that don't know you, never seen or had this kind of love, we ask that you would draw them to yourself even now. For our brothers and sisters in other churches, for their pastors who are really struggling right now, who are afflicted in their souls. Lord, we ask that you would give them truth, that you would sustain them, that you would give them repentance, that you would bring them back to be a part of the bride of Christ. Father, thank you for New Covenant Church. I just thank you for the blessings of each one in front of me. Just the blessing they are here, loving you, giving themselves to you. Sustain them and bless them. For I ask in Jesus' name, amen.